0: Well, in this um, session on Welfare in Warfare, we're going to be looking at what I've called harnessing the groan, which might sound a little bit uh, mysterious and um, has probably either put some of you off from listening to this one by how weird it sounds or uh, brought some extra people in by how weird it sounds, depending on your personality and what sort of things appeal to you. Uh, I want to talk about groaning today. We're going to particularly focus in on Romans 8, just to understand the place of groaning uh in, in the Christian life and how to understand it when we when we find ourselves with that groaning, that sense of groaning. And i want to unpack it and hopefully it'll be helpful to you. The the aim of this series, Welfare and Warfare, is is to really just bring a very specifically focused, a very Christian focused emphasis in terms of keeping ourselves in good shape. Spiritually, there's lots of really wise and, and helpful things out there on physical health and, and mental health. And that's great. Um, but there's this, there's, there's, uh, you know, and that can be a, a real help to, to the whole of humanity. Um, there's, some, there's, there's some nonsense out there as well, but there's some really good stuff out there. Um, this, is, this, is, this is bringing God's word to, to those who have come to Jesus and have the Holy Spirit and therefore have an understanding of, of scripture through the Holy Spirit so specifically to really help you. If, you. if you're listening to these and you're not yet a born again Christian, but you, you as you as you listen, you're, you're, you feel the draw to Jesus. You feel the draw to Christ. Well, you know, Jesus said that no one can come to him unless the Father draws them. So if you're feeling that draw to Jesus, odds on that is the Father by the Holy Spirit drawing you to Jesus. And, um, you know, if you want to um, be a part of god's family or one of his children you know that that offer is wide open jesus said that he wouldn't cast out any who come to him so you know uh don't put it off the bible says don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today um come to christ and uh, you will find you will find life in all of its fullness you won't necessarily well you won't find an easy life but you will find fullness of life hallelujah okay so let's think about this idea of groaning let's Let's look at Romans 8, verse 18. We'll, 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 we'll read a bit and then talk a bit, then read a bit, talk a bit. Paul speaking, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope, the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning, there is groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. Let me just unpack this for you. Um, Paul writes very long sentences and sometimes you can get a little bit lost, but the backdrop is he's talking about suffering as a Christian. And he's saying, look, compared to the glory that's going to be revealed to us, we're going to experience and enjoy um, these sufferings. They're incomparable with what is coming our way. And then, he, and then he starts speaking about creation in general. And he's saying that there's a particular relationship that, that God has with creation. There's a special uh, relationship that God has with it in a particular way. Uh, he, and he says that creation waits with eager longing. For the revealing of believers, that on the day when believers are revealed in their full glory with their new resurrection bodies, you know, um, that actually that is something that creation awaits and longs for because that that moment really um, ushers in creation's own liberation or well, liberation from what? Well, let's have a look for the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, not of its own choice but because of him who subjected it, God. So it's not the devil, okay, to make that clear. This is Genesis 3, where Adam and Eve, after they are lords of creation in that sense. They've been placed over creation by God, under God, but to rule on his behalf, and they go their own way. And so the sentence, among other things, is is creation won't yield in the same way. Uh, Working the land will involve toilsome labour, And and hardship and and thorns and thistles will grow up. There's 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 something of a there's there's a futility now about creation compared to what it was. We still see the glory of creation. We all still enjoy our uh, David Attenborough documentaries and other things. You see the glory, the wonder of creation. But compared to what it was, and compared to what it was supposed to be, it's actually been subjected to futility. There's There's there is something slightly futile about it all. And um, and 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 there and it where it is under a sort of a, a corrupting influence and a corrupting power, there's there, that that's a reality that, that God has done. But it's not He's not done it in despair. He's done it in hope. That the creation itself will be set free, liberated from its bondage to corruption, and obtain the freedom of the ch- glory of the children of God. So the same glory that will be revealed to us and in us will spill out and creation will then experience it well why because we were established over creation as the the lords if you like of creation obviously are under god but we were established and so actually our fall signified the fall of creation our liberation on the final day will will signify the liberation of the whole of creation so there it is. that's how it's working. And then he goes, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. There you go. So there's a groaning that goes on. Jesus in Matthew 24, when talking about signs of the end, talks about things like earthquakes and wars and rumours of wars and famines as labour pains, as the beginning of labour pains. As Christians, we're not, we're not left wondering what these things are about. We know what they're about. They are the groanings of creation. They are the, the creation is in Chabbath. There is a brand new or a renewed, however you want to read it, a brand new or a renewed heavens and earth that that is the destiny um, for the people of God. And um, this creation is longing to give birth to that. That will be its own liberation. It's longing to give birth to that. And um, there's groanings that take place now. They are difficult things. It's not easy. Groaning is a <clears throat> a sign that something difficult is going on, that there's pain, that there is discomfort, that something is not, it is not as it should be. But in hope, that's a really important phrase. It's a groaning, it's difficult, it's painful, it's uncomfortable, but it's in hope of this great thing that is to come. And so we see that there is... That there is most definitely a groaning in creation. Now, that then takes us on uh, to verse 23. On not only the creation, but we ourselves. So it seems like he's been talking about inanimate creation, if you like. That seems primarily what he's been referring to. He says, But not, not only that, we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption of sons. The redemption of our bodies. There it is. So he said it's not actually it's not just creation experiencing these seismic kind of um, tremors. It's not just the inanimate creation. We ourselves as God's people we experience in ourselves these seismic tremors. We experience this pain and this discomfort. Now there is, God's people have a history of groaning. If you, if you go back to the early chapters of, of, of Exodus you'll find it. The people of Israel, God's people, the the apple of Israel, his eyes, chosen ones, they are they are in they are in under oppression from, from the Egyptians. And God wants them to know that, that, that he's heard their groaning. He wants them to know that in calling Moses, what's going on there is that he's heard, he's heard their cry, he's seen their affliction. And we're we're told in the early chapters of Genesis, Exodus, that they that there was a groaning that went up under the oppression. They they knew that they were made for something beyond that. They knew that their destiny um, was something beyond that. They knew that it was a liberty that they were hoping for that they weren't fully experiencing. You know, that's that's where they're at. For us, it kind of it's kind of even more so in the sense that, you know, you could say on one level that Israel at, at that point, you know, they only really became like a nation and God's nation in a sense once they'd gone through. Um, the Red Sea and and that that, you know at the mountain where they were that they came into covenant with God I guess you could say as as a nation that's where they came into covenant with God but there was still these promises over them as Abraham's descendants and so but for us I mean if if you look think about now believers in general we're children of Abraham Um, you know we've been told that the the rocks from which we are cut Abraham and Sarah why because faith we we like them we live by faith our hope and trust are in God and in God's promises we are the we are the people of God there's a groaning that we have but even though we've been saved it's really interesting if you listen to the 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 tense that Paul speaks in he says he says we have the first fruits of the spirit. so we have, so the Spirit of God lives in us, but it's the first fruits. Now the first fruits is, is never the full harvest it's it points to the full harvest and it gives assurance of the full harvest. So the first fruits bring tremendous joy and comfort because you that's why they would offer them. it was a it was a thank offering it was a but it was also anticipatory for the fir, the full harvest coming through. so if you have the first fruits of the spirit, Elsewhere, he's called the down payment. It's like he's the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. So we have the first... So we've tasted and we've seen of this new age to come. We've tasted and we've seen of eternal life. We've tasted and we've seen of fullness of life. But what it does is it creates a groan. We groan inwardly. Why? As we wait eagerly for adoption as sons... redemption of our bodies. Now it's fascinating here because Paul will happily talk about our adoption in the past and the present tense, but he was talking about in the future tense, he says we are awaiting our adoption. There's something so significant to come that you could even say that our adoption won't be fully realised until our bodies themselves are redeemed. Why? Well, it's because we've currently got a tent, spiritually speaking, we're then going to have a house, and so we're going to be able to house the presence of God in such a way in the future age when our body is redeemed, when we take off mortality and put on immortality, when we when we when the tent is removed and we are housed in our bodies that will last forever. That there's something about that whereby we will be able to um, uh, contain in an, in, a, in a, the Spirit in a way whereby the presence of God will be able to fully manifest in and through us it won't create this longing this groaning even this discomfort even this pain it won't it won't create that it will it will instead there will be full expression of the presence of God through our God-given personalities in redeemed bodies and so all pressure and frustration and pain will be done away with will be lifted off, off of us and there will be this glorious manifestation of God's presence in and through our lives. And again, as Paul says that creation was subjected to futility in hope, Paul goes on, for in this hope we were saved. In this hope. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. Who who hopes for what he sees? Well, no one. But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. And really, Paul is saying some important things here. He's saying, number one, we've been saved in hope. There's something fundamental to our current experience of salvation at the moment that that requires hope. Hope is central to it because there's something about of our future salvation that is yet to be realised and won't be realised until our bodies are redeemed. And hope is future orientated. And it's, and it's locked into that which is not yet seen or not yet experienced. And so an essential part of us lives with this sense of what is not yet. And that is, if you're feeling that, that's a really good sign. If you, if you know that to be your experience, that you feel on the one hand, yes, I've tasted and I've seen and I know him and he's changed my life. And I'll never be the same again. You live in that, but you also live in this sense of but. There's a but there where you go, man. It's it's it it, it it's difficult. Uh, I struggle to pray. I, I I I don't feel I can fully, fully express this thing that God has done in in me. I don't think that can, I don't feel there's full liberty in expressing or manifesting that There's a kind of a inherent weakness an inherent kind of sense of um, disability almost you know there's this there's this limp there's this I, I, I can't you know it's not quite all that I long for it to be that is those those two things being true at the same time that is biblical Christianity that's the tension in which we live that's what Paul is talking about exactly here and he's saying listen if we learn to live in that place of hope where we don't lose heart because of the failings of this age, we don't lose heart because of our own weakness and our own failings. We don't lose heart because of our own lack of kind of fullness. We don't lose heart, but we just recognise, no, there's something, there's the full payment is to come. The full harvest is to come. If we can stay in that place then actually what it should result in is this that we wait for it with patience and one of the things that you'll find that comes through again and again in, in the new testament letters in paul's letters in the letter to the hebrews and um, i think in peter as well is this sense of waiting that 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 is an essential part of the christian life that that we wait and we wait with patience and waiting with patience makes waiting bearable i don't know about you but Whenever I'm waiting for something impatiently, it's a horrible experience. You <laughs> know, you know. Imagine sometimes you're waiting for something, uh, but it, and it, you think, "Come on!" Because you've got to be somewhere, you know, in half an hour. And unless that thing comes through in the next ten minutes, you're going to mess up that thing in half an hour. And there's that awful thing you live in where you just think this, this is, this is, uh, this is unsustainable. This is horrible. We got to. I've got to make some decisions. I've got to either cancel that or do because you're not. It's you're you're waiting, but you're waiting with impatience. That's not actually what the Lord wants for us. There is a groan, there is a ah, but we can harness it through patience, through pain, through through patience. We're able to as we feel that longing, that sense. I just want. I want to know God better. I I, I want to encounter Him more closely. I want to see Him face to face. I want to be. I want to be liberated from these things that feel like they, they hold me back. As we, that's the groan. Every believer has that groan. And now, now, don't get me wrong. Every human, every every one in the human race experiences some sort of groan. This is a special groan. This is a uniquely Christian groan. There are groans of sadness all across this planet. There are groans of injustice and oppression all across this planet. There are there 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 are groans of grief. All across this planet you know through this Covid pandemic many people would have would have lost not just lost people close to them but not been able to be with them in the last moments that's that's a that's an incredibly hard thing to experience you know I remember when I was in in another country uh, just, just w- with some um, brothers and sisters, just serving over there when we got the news that my mum was very ill, and um, it suddenly just took a turn for the worse very quickly. And and because of where I was and the holy day on in this nation, I couldn't get a flight back early, and she had to go in for an operation. And this could this could be it, you know. And uh, you know, I had a, a short face time with her because you know she she it just we couldn't do much more than that. I just, everything in me was crying out. Oh, Lord, I want to be with my siblings. I want to be with my mum around her bed. And it was so difficult, so difficult. Thankfully, um, she came through the operation and um, we, we did lose her fairly shortly after that, but we were able to be with her. But that sense of not being able to be with her, awful feeling, one of the darkest, heaviest feelings I've experienced, just that sense of, this isn't how I want it to go. There are those sorts of groans, brothers and sisters, going on all around the world. I mean, we've got to feel compassion for those who face those groans with no hope, no Christian hope, no sense of God working out good in it all, no sense of the sovereignty of God, these things that we take for granted, these things that we stand on, no sense of that. We've got to let the groan of the world touch our hearts as we pray, as we pray for the lost. but. This groan, I'm talking about days, is a unique one. It's the groan of the first fruit. It's the groan where you've tasted something, you've touched something, and you say, I'm never going to be the same again. I, I've, been, I've been liberated, but I need to be liberated. It's that now and not yet. Yes, the kingdom has come in my life. Something is, wow, I'll never be the same again. But the kingdom is yet to come. You know, Christ's reign fully expressed in and through me, in and through us. That is yet to be. And... The way we harness that, we mustn't try to get rid of that groan. You must, you mustn't try to because it's this uncomfortable, painful. You 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 just try and dull your senses with I don't know whatever it might be, films, food, um, you know. You, you, but basically, by just finding full satisfaction in this life and in temporary things, it's so tempting. <laughs> it's so tempting. Um, you know, even as I'm speaking now, in my own heart just convicted. Just think, ah. Oh, so so tempted. this is what well, I'm, I'm giving this i'm doing this message through lent where we're all of us in different ways just learning about fasting and so helpful just to forego some of those pleasures not not out of a kind of a punishing ourselves deal but none of that none of that praise god but out, out of that sense of learning teaching and training out ourselves to um seek the Lord, look to him for our the satisfaction, for the fullness, um, wielding it as a weapon in warfare um, and all of that, but being weaned off of when we look to temporary pleasures too much, and it's so easy for all of us to do that. Um, the Lord wants us to feel the ground, but we harness it through patience. That's how we harness it. We're not driven to distraction by it. We're not driven into paralysis by it we're not um, we're, we're not brought to despair by it no 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 God' this is a hope thing. It's the opposite of despair. it's a hope thing. It brightens our eyes. We are those we know we've got a bright future. We know that all that Jesus has won for us means we have a bright future. And so as a, as a result as a result of that there is this settledness. there is this patience we know God's got it in hand. we know the Father's set the day and the hour. We know that he has, and so we're not panicking. There's a schedule. We know that, um, we know that the end won't come until every people group have heard the gospel of the kingdom. And So we, we go about that. We, we set ourselves about the business of sharing the gospel, of, of looking, of, of ways of reaching the unreached and supporting the reaching of the unreached. It's how we harness the groan. It's, it's what we do. That's how we hasten the day of the Lord, as, as, as Peter puts it. Um, I think it's in his second Epistle. And so this is really the this is the reality of the Christian life. We we live in the now and in the not yet. We live in tension. We've tasted and we've seen that the Lord is good, but we we don't have what it is in us to to contain all of him fully. But what we do is is that we 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 don't then just we don't then just try to get rid of the groan by by dulling our senses to other things. We allow that groan to be there. That's a good longing, it's a longing of hope. It's a longing of that which is to come, but we harness it so it doesn't overwhelm us. We, we harness it with patience. We say, no, we know what the Lord is doing. And so let me just wrap things up by encouraging all, all of you that are listening that, that the Lord knows what he's doing. And I think every generation needs to hear that. And every generation needs to hear that repeatedly because uh, sometimes the way life goes, it's, it's confusing, it's disorientating, and sometimes it's sometimes it's tragic. It's it's beyond that. It's tragic, and we think, Lord. Uh, and then we find ourselves saying, uh, uh, "How long, O oh Lord? How long, O oh Lord?" And uh, read through the Psalms recently, and it's, it's striking how many times that phrase comes through. Oh Lord, how long? How long, O oh Lord? Um, uh, and it's so important that, that 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 we live with that. That's the groan. Uh, how long, O oh Lord? But we 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 that we allow it to be tempered with patience, so we can see it right through. God bless you guys in it. That we would um, that that we would walk this by God's wisdom and God's grace. We would walk this well, um, so that so that we so that we kind of step into that moment of liberation when Christ returns, with, not just with wonder and joy at what's ahead of us, but also that, that, that kind of contentment that we kept in step with the Lord, that we trusted him, um, that we were faithful, that we were faithful to him. So God bless you as we follow the Lord together.